Welcome to the High Income Business Writing Podcast, helping you propel your writing business to a whole new level. And now, here's your host, Ed Gandia. Hey there, welcome to another episode of the High Income Business Writing Podcast, the number one podcast for business writers and copywriters who want to earn more and less time doing work they love for better clients. With over 1 million downloads from listeners just like you, across 101 countries. Commercial writing and copywriting are both proven ways to make a great living as a writer. And that's typically what we focus on in this podcast. Obviously, we know that there are other ways to do well as a freelance writer or copywriter, but the assumption is that most of you are doing this kind of core writing work. But one area we haven't yet explored is that of grant writing. And that's until today. In this episode, you're going to hear from Teresa Huff. She's a former special ed teacher turned grant writing coach and nonprofit strategist. Over the years, Teresa has built a very successful business helping nonprofits boost their funding by writing better, more strategic grant applications and proposals. More recently, she's also been mentoring writers who are ready for a fulfilling, flexible career in freelance grant writing, a career that enables them to leverage their skills, grow their earning potential, and make a big impact on the world around them. We cover a broad spectrum of topics in this episode. We get into what grant writing involves, the nature of the demand for grant writers, how much you can earn doing this kind of work, smart ways to get started in this field, what type of person is well-suited for this work, how to fast track your progress, and much, much more. Teresa was, I found, to be very generous with her ideas, her insights, her suggestions. So if you've been looking for other writing domains to explore, or if you're just curious to learn more about what grant writing is all about, this episode is a must listen. I hope you enjoy it. Teresa, welcome to the show. Great to have you here. Thank you. I'm so excited to chat with you. I've been a big fan of your show for two or three years now, so it's exciting to be a part of it. Uh, Well, I'm glad that you are here. I'm excited to dive into this topic because it's really not something we've covered before. And I think this is an exciting opportunity for many people in my audience, or it could be once they hear more about it. So before we dive in, why don't you tell us a little bit about your business? Tell us, tell us what you do, what kind of work, what kind of clients you work with, and maybe a little bit of the origin story. Like, How did you end up here? <laughs> That's a good question. Sure. Well, probably like a lot of us, it wasn't what I expected and it wasn't the journey I planned out. But now that I'm here, I wouldn't trade it for anything. So probably a lot of writers are the same way. Right now, I help grant writers and nonprofits become more competitive in their grant writing and nonprofit strategy so they can ultimately make a bigger impact in their communities. So I help them build the confidence and the competence in those skills so that they understand the strategy behind it and can be more effective with their nonprofit work and their grant writing. And I did not start out as a grant writer. I started out as a special ed teacher. That's what I went to school for. I planned to do that until we had kids. And then when they were back in school, I thought, oh, that'd be perfect. I could just go back to the classroom. 
So when our kids came along, I started looking for something I could do from home just to help supplement our income and to still use my degrees that I had worked to get. So I left the classroom and I heard of a lady who did grant writing and I asked her if she could meet for coffee and she did. And we chatted quite a while. And at the end, she said, you know, I'm looking for a couple more people to add to my team. Would you be interested? And I jumped at the chance, had no idea what I was getting into, but I said, sure, I would love to. So I worked with her for a couple of years and she wrote a lot of big federal grant proposals. So it was diving right into the deep end, not knowing a thing about grant writing, but I learned fast and dove right in and kind of one of those building the plane in the air, so to speak. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So it was Really good experience though. And then when we moved away from there, I branched out on my own as a consultant and started working with nonprofits and learned lots of things the hard way because at that point I was also trying to figure out how to build this consulting business, how to charge, how to do certain things in the grant world that just navigating all of that when Google wasn't very much of a resource yet. And I'm dating Mm -hmm. myself there. But also, you know, I had moved away from her. So we didn't have texting as much available at that time. There just weren't a lot of resources. I wish I'd had podcasts like this one to help guide me through some of the business strategy and thinking side of that. And so that's why I'm doing the programs that I have now to help grant writers kind of fast forward that, to navigate, and just to have some resources to help them build up a successful business a lot more quickly. So they can be more effective with their nonprofit work, whether they want to be in a career as an employed grant writer with a nonprofit, or if they want to be a consultant on their own. So that's kind of how I got here. And I was surprised after all that how much my education background and preparation translated to grant writing, like writing goals and objectives, writing some of the individualized education plans for my students the research required, the planning and organizing curriculum, a lot of that translated to the grant application work, which was surprising, but also very useful. And I've been surprised over the years, just different opportunities that have come in handy because of that. Isn't it amazing how a lot of the things that we do and we learn don't come in handy until much later, especially things that we wonder, what will I ever use this for? You know, what is the point of this? And then one day, mysteriously, you end up using that skill set. Yes, for sure. And there were even a couple of years where I wanted some different consulting work from home, kind of in addition to the grant writing. So I ended up working for a group of real estate investors for a while. And at the time, I was like, this makes no sense. But now it's great because a lot of the skills I learned and just a lot of the things I realized about myself and what I was capable of or things I'm really good at, I wouldn't have discovered otherwise. So yeah, the journey just kind of starts weaving together in ways you don't expect. It's the whole um, Steve Jobs quote about you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backward. True. So there are lots to unpack there by the way. Um, (laughs) But that's good because that sets the stage for a lot of the things that I really want to ask you about. Why don't we start with the basics? Let's start with just defining grant writing because I think a lot of people will have a good idea, but 
many, including myself, may not know exactly what we're talking about here. Right. Well, in general, grant writing is a competitive process that usually either a foundation or sometimes a corporation or even a government agency will offer these competitive opportunities and they will put out an application. And so most grants are for nonprofits that have a 501c3 designation. Sometimes they can also be for schools or government agencies, but usually it's kind of in that nonprofit realm. And so they fill out the application, then the foundation or whoever is offering the grant reviews it, scores, selects those, and then they award funding based on those applications. It's, like I said, a competitive process, and they're looking for, in business, an investor would be looking for an ROI, the return on investment. In nonprofit world, it's the same way, but they're looking for a return on impact. So they're looking for ways to use their funding that's going to do good in the community and have a big impact. They're looking for which organizations are the most stable, are already doing good work that we can come in and support and supplement their programs. So with grants, there's usually some type of accountability as far as you have to outline your plan for how you would use the funding if it's awarded, and you have to outline the budget of how you would spend the pieces of that. And then you're accountable to do that if the funds are awarded. So you kind of alluded to this, but there are a lot of misconceptions about grants. People just think, ooh, I'll just get a grant or let's start a nonprofit and get grant funding to get it off the ground. And that's not how grants work. It needs to be already a stable program so that they can supplement what you're doing and become a part of it and partner with you in your work, as opposed to just starting it off the ground. Got it. So an example might be, uh, I know the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, for instance, issues a lot of grants right, to nonprofits. So you nonprofits would essentially try to get funding from them through a grant application. Right. And so that might be a very common scenario. Right. Um, the other one you mentioned, but I know you see that a lot in higher education where some researcher or research team at the University of Florida, for instance, really wants to do some work in this particular area. And they apply for a grant from a government institution a government agency, and they're hoping to get you know several million dollars to fund that research. Right. That would be another flavor. Yes. And usually there, some grants have ongoing open applications, but usually there's a deadline for when the applications are due. And so they will have a certain list of questions and guidelines that you need to follow when you're preparing the application. Typically, the smaller the grant, like if it's a small local foundation that's only in your community, it's going to be less intensive, less hoops to jump through. The bigger the grant, like if it's several million dollars, like the one you mentioned, or a government grant, there's going to be a lot of restrictions, requirements that you have to meet. I mean, we're talking even one-inch margins times New Roman 12-point, like down to every dot. <laughs> that Wow has to be pretty much within the guidelines. So it really depends on which type you're applying for as to the degree of restrictions and guidelines that there will be. But usually you can tell by reading those guidelines, is this a good fit 
for our organization. And if it is, then you can keep moving forward. Sometimes they'll say this only funds within a certain region or certain counties. And then other times it may be open nationwide or even internationally. So first start with those types of things to determine, is this even worth pursuing? And then you can go from there to take the next step. Got it. So there are several parties involved. It would be the nonprofit seeking grant funding. There would be the the funding organizations issuing the grants. And then, of course, there would be the writer who would be involved in helping to put that grant application together. Is that what it would be called, by the way, a grant application or is it a proposal? Yes, Yes, both, either one. They're kind of interchangeable. The nonprofit will put out what's called an RFP, a request for proposals, or sometimes a notice of funding announcements. There's different terms around that, but they will put out that which indicates there's a grant application available. So then the grant writer works with the nonprofit to put that application or that proposal together to submit. Got it. All right. So a couple of things, and I know I want to be careful not to get too much in the weeds here because I'd rather go broader with this topic than to go deep and you offer some, you know, the the depth is really kind of in your courses, classes, and content. But, you know, one of the things that's coming to mind as I'm listening to you is I'm just, it seems overwhelming, you know, like (laughs) as a writer, how much do you need to create from scratch in terms of the elements that need to be in place, the structure, the flow, versus stuff that's already kind of templated and provided for you. So how much do you need to know going in to be able to make even a part-time living from this? Mm -hmm. That's a really good question. Initially, I recommend you need to at least understand how nonprofits work in the basic parts of a grant, kind of some of those foundational pieces. But if you start smaller with some of the local small foundation grants, it's not as difficult. You can learn it. You follow the directions carefully. You stay within the guidelines. And some of it, you asked about the templated pieces. You initially need to work with the nonprofit to gather their mission, their overall program, what they're working on, some of the statistics about it. And some of that type of research, that can be reused in multiple applications. And you can't just cookie cutter and submit the same application over and over to different funders. You need to customize it somewhat. But there is kind of a certain piece of the information that you can have to pull from each time. Like on one client I have, they almost every grant wants to know, tell us about your mission, your background, the population you serve. That type of thing doesn't change. I might update the numbers as their programs grow each year, but for the most part, I can pull that each time because they want to know the same thing and their same core mission and services are the same. So that piece of it is pretty well able to be reused. Once you get that down and really well-defined, you can pull from that each time. Then for each grant, you're looking at how are we going to use this funding? How can we design this program? And ideally, it could be a part of something you're already doing, or maybe you want to expand something that the nonprofit is already doing and enhance their current program. So then that's where you would need to work with them to design that and be able to explain that in a way that's going to be compelling and show that it's going to make an impact 
you craft the goals and show by the end of this year, we anticipate this kind of increase or maybe a decrease in the poverty level, something like that. So you identify those specific things that you want to target with the grant. A lot of it, it helps if you're already a good writer because you have those skills in place. And then you can work on learning the strategy and some of those, how to really convey and explain those key pieces to make your application more compelling. Got it. So the flow, um, how to present the information, et cetera. That would be next. Yeah, I completely agree. And to have the fundamentals down first, you got to be a good writer. Yes. Uh, And you know, grant writing has made me a better writer (laughs) over the years. Oh, I bet. Because if you are under a tight, even some grants will be an online form bill and there's a character limit, not a word count, but a character count. (laughs) And when you have to tighten your writing down to the character, that really makes you think about every single word, every comma, everything that you use to make it count. And is this important and necessary? Does it move our story forward in a sense? Or does it need to go? (laughs) So. You really learn to become a good editor. Well, I love the fact that you said, look, it just start small and you can yes. you can build on that. I think that's really smart. And that's the advice I would give anyone really in, in any market. You know, don't try to tackle, don't try to go for IBM, you know, in your first month. Right. Uh, you can work your way to that. Tell me a little bit about the demand for grant writers? What are you seeing out there? Not just the demand today, but what's the trend been? You know, I see a demand for good grant writers because a lot of nonprofits know that grants are out there. They know they could be getting funding. They just don't know how, and they don't know where to start with it. So if someone can come in and help guide them and advise them in that, someone that's capable and that can even grow with them, like just not be afraid to say, hey, I'm a good writer. I'm learning this grant writing piece too. Let's grow together. I really think the demand is there because there are a lot of nonprofits and there is still quite a bit of grant funding available, the opportunities. They are competitive, but if you learn the skills that you need to help them be competitive and some of those strategy pieces, then you can be effective with it. And grant writing It's important to handle with your clients upfront and address that, that this is competitive and we are not guaranteed this funding each time so that they understand and you set those expectations upfront because you're probably not going to win every grant. But if you are strategic about it and really evaluate the opportunities upfront to make sure you're going after those that are just the best fit, then you can be more successful with it. Well, I like the approach you recommended taking kind of a scrappy grassroots approach where you are being very open with some maybe smaller nonprofits in your region or area and letting them know, look, I'm looking to build this. I'm already a strong writer and editor. I'd love to work with you and grow with you, right? And instead of trying or pretending to be someone who's already got their act together and established grant writing business, which can be nerve-wracking. First of all, I don't think most people would try that. And even if they did, they wouldn't have the confidence to pull it off. So I like your approach. I'm curious, and I know that I'm sure the numbers are all over the place, but can you give us a sense for what the opportunity is from an income standpoint, or maybe even better yet, can you give us a range of what you can expect to earn by putting together an application or proposal? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are a couple of different ways you could go about it. You could do hourly, which is, of course, a good route, especially as you're learning to gauge the size of a grant. However, I think you've talked about this before too. Sometimes the better you get and the faster you work, then the less money you're making. So you kind Mm -hmm. of have to offset that, either raise your hourly rate or start going to package rates. And so some grant writers do that. Like for the small local foundation grants, there might just be a certain flat rate for that size. For a government grant, there might be another much larger rate that they charge. So for example, you know, after you're established and know what you're doing and are able to really work well with the nonprofit and submit applications with confidence, you could charge, you know, earlier on probably 70 or $80 an hour up to $100 plus per hour. And then you could also translate that to the package equivalent, depending on the size of the application. You don't want to charge $200 for a government grant that's going to end up taking you 100 hours. (laughs) You would really be kicking yourself. But if if it's a local foundation grant that you've written a couple of times, you already have a lot of those core template pieces in place, you're just adjusting it for the next year, then $200 might be a very reasonable flat rate if it's a client that you've been working with. So it just depends kind of on the size of the grant, but I would say anywhere in that 75 to 100 $120 range after you're really built up as an expert. Okay. So, you know, this is could be even a great part-time opportunity for somebody. Yes. Right? Yes, for sure. And I recommend starting with what you know. And even my students, the biggest question I hear is, where do I start? And even some have said, you know, I've read the books. I've even taken courses on grant writing, but I still don't know where to start. So that's why I work with people and feel so passionate about it. It's like, you're so close and you have so many skills. So start with what you know, and then figure out the shortest distance from point A to point B. So for you, if you're great at newsletter writing and maybe even donor letters and things like that, Maybe you start there and also add on and learn the grant writing as you go. Or maybe if you're great at social media and outreach, you start working with a nonprofit on those things with the grant writing piece as well. Then you're learning the nonprofit, working through their mission, plus learning grant writing also. And that still gives you something to grow your income in the meantime as you're building up the grant writing side. That's brilliant. So you're saying, hey, get in with what you already do well. Help them with that and then start a conversation about helping them with grant writing now that you have their trust. Right. You're building up that expertise already. They're going to trust you to advise them and you're understanding their mission. You're on board with that and you support it. They know you've got their best interests at heart. And they're looking for somebody who knows more about it than them, who's more of an expert than them. (laughs) And so at that point, that's probably going to be you, even if you're new to grant writing you're still already in that writing world and you know the resources to pull in. They're probably busy. They don't have time to stop and think about it and to learn all the different pieces of it. You're a lot closer to reaching that point than they are. So once you build that trust, that can be a really good segue. So I'm going to come back to the income and fees bit just for a second, because I know that a lot of people associate nonprofits with no money. Okay. So 
what has been your experience? Do you find that, well, yes, for certain things, but you know, when it comes to this kind of thing, this is very strategic and important and that doesn't really apply or does it depend? What's your take on that? That's a good question. And <laughs> yes, it depends and it can be an issue. And a partly what I've learned the hard way over the years is understanding when a nonprofit is ready for grants and when they're not ready. Because if they're not ready for grants, then they probably also don't have the funding to hire a grant writer. So if they need to at least be up and running for a couple of years and have several funding sources besides grants, they need to have a good stable budget that they can count on that income. And then they need to be in a position where they can afford to hire a grant writer, at least contracting for a few hours. It doesn't have to be on staff a full-time salary. But if they are just starting out and no money whatsoever and trying to get their first $1,000 or $10,000, they are not ready for grants. So recognizing that as a grant writer is important to set yourself up for success and the nonprofit. Because even if they did hire you at that point, it's probably not going to go well. They're going to pay you and you're not going to get the results for them. And it's going to be frustrating. So it is important to recognize, do they have at least a certain amount of budget? Some grant writers prefer to work with smaller nonprofits, like say less than $500,000 budget. Others prefer to work with larger ones, like maybe a million or 5 million or, you know, the bigger nonprofits. So it's kind of up to you what range and where you feel comfortable. If you're starting out, I would recommend maybe they have at least somewhat of a budget like maybe two hundred to four hundred thousand dollars, so enough that they're big enough and stable enough to handle paying a consultant, but not so much that they probably already have grant writers on staff, unless they're just needing to contract out some work, and you can also work with their current grant writers, maybe on some overflow or some support, and that can be a great way to learn as well and kind of have that mentorship in place. Now, when you say they have the budget. 200,000, are you talking about full budget, not for grants, but grant writing and applications? We're talking about their full expense budget. Right. The full organizational budget, because at that point, they're kind of ready to grow. They're established. They probably have several funding sources, like maybe they do fundraisers. They have specific major gift donors. They might have fees for some of their services. So there could be different ways that they're bringing in funding as opposed to just relying on one big donor or one big grant. They need to have kind of that stable, diverse income and have that steady, not just, well, let's hope it rains this month, but it needs to be a good, consistent income so that they can afford to invest to get to that next level. So tell me a little bit about the kind of temperament and personality you think uh, really does well with this kind of work. Is there any particular type of writer or person who's particularly a good fit for this kind of work? You already mentioned a strong writer, a good editor, but what else? Right. It's helpful if you are the strong writer. Having a lot of attention to detail is really important. Really looking at noticing those extra things, like I mentioned the word count or reading through the guidelines to be able to pick up on some of those questions of understanding what they're really asking for here, being able to pull in data and not just spout out numbers, but strategically present it 
to determine, okay, what's going to be the most impactful way to show this data? Is it better to say a third of the kids in the school are in poverty or 33% of the kids are in poverty or one in every three of our students are in poverty? So that's the exact same statistic, but being able to pull it in and really paint that story for them of which is going to be the most powerful and the most impactful. So you have to be able to think strategically, and you also need to be able to play devil's advocate a little bit because a lot of times the nonprofit will come to you and say, hey, we've got this great grant or we want to start this program. And you have to think from the funder's perspective what holes are here? What are the red flags? And you have to be able to ask and address those up front to make your application stronger, to determine, is this a good fit? How would we handle it if this doesn't happen? Or maybe our major program director just resigned. How can we show that we still have the capacity to handle this, even though they're gone? Things like that, that you really have to think a few steps ahead to be able to present more effectively a strong case. That makes sense. And what I'm hearing from you too, is that you have to be a somewhat strategic thinker, right? Because so many types of writing out there for business writers, commercial writers, it's, they kind of take this order taker mentality. So it's like, okay, what do you need written? Okay. I'll write that for you. Mm -hmm. Right. But this is not that this is not, okay, well, yeah, sure. I'll fill out that application. No, anyone can do that. You have to really think strategically. You have to know how to ask great questions. Like you said, attention to detail, playing devil's advocate. That's a strategic thinker. It really is. That's a big piece of it. And also sometimes just helping the nonprofit better define their mission and their goals for this program. Or, hey, you guys are getting off track something needs to shift. Either your mission needs to change to reflect the work you're doing, or you need to bring it back in line with your mission. So kind of that strategic thinker, the guide along that, it's definitely not an order fill assignment (laughs) type of position. You're really kind of partnering with them to help them reach their vision and to carry out their mission with their nonprofit. So yes, definitely that strategic thinking is a piece of it. And also creative thinking. You have to really problem solve and help figure out, okay, if this isn't going to work, how else could we present it? Or if we're running into these types of issues, how can we solve those? And working with them to brainstorm and pull that out. Yes, absolutely. So creative problem solver, I'm also hearing maybe assertive, somewhat assertive, somewhat confident, right? Because I'm Sometimes you may have to tell them, hey, listen, this is really not resonating with me. And I know this is the way you're phrasing your mission, but that could be an intimidating thing to present or to ask the client. Right. And that's something I wish I had known when I was first starting out was to have that confidence instead of just saying, okay, that's what you need. All right. I'll try to find grants for that. But instead saying, you know, you're not very well positioned for this yet. Let's do these things here to get you there even though they may think they're ready, sometimes we have to step in. And so, yes, I wish I'd had the confidence to do that and to recognize that upfront. And again, that's partly why I try to educate people on that so they can be more successful with that and recognize that. Trusting your instincts and after a while, understanding what are the funders looking for and what's going to kind of turn them off and understanding how to advise in that capacity as well. Yeah, good point. And let's be frank here. 
I'm a big believer in preparing as best as you can, but a lot of this confidence comes later over time yes. with practice by making mistakes. Yes. Uh, learning the, the hard way is it's a powerful teacher. So for sure. Uh, so <laughs> I, I don't want anyone sometimes. to think. Yeah. And I just don't want They're anyone powerful. to think, oh my gosh, I don't have that confidence right now. You know, I don't right. know enough about, well, of course. Okay. So right. you can educate yourself that can take you somewhere, but then most of that will come is with any profession over time. Right. Um, exactly. So tell me a little bit about, you already mentioned one idea, but if anyone listening is thinking, yeah, this is something I really want to explore. I'd like to learn more about the different ways I could get started. Can you give us a couple other ideas on ways they can maybe start dipping their toe in the water or start trying this, even if it's a side hustle, you know, while they sure. run their core business? Sure. Yeah. Well, like I said, start small and start with what you know. And also it can be great experience to volunteer on a board of a nonprofit, not mm. as the grant writer, but just as a board member, because that was something that I had been a grant writer for several years. And then I was invited to be on the board of a new startup nonprofit. And so I was on that for about four years. And that was really eye-opening. It gave me a whole different perspective of how nonprofits run. We had some really good board training. It just helped me as a consultant, be better at what I do and understand what they are up against and some of the decisions they have to make and just some of the practical issues that they have to deal with in those different stages of growth and growing pains for the nonprofit. So even just volunteering with the nonprofit can help you see how it runs, how the budget works, how fundraising events work. And another plus with grant writing is sometimes we do wear even more hats or it opens up other opportunities. Like for example, I don't advertise that I know how to do WordPress and websites, but I had a new client I was talking to a few years ago and they said, yeah, we're, I want to hire two people this year. I want to hire somebody to do grant writing for us. And I want to hire somebody to build a website. And I knew it was not going to turn into a huge mega technical website. They just needed a basic web presence I knew I could totally handle that. So in the conversation about grant writing, I said, well, I also can build WordPress websites if that's ever something you're interested in talking about. And they hired me for both. And it totally made sense because I was already working on the content. I was already pulling in information about their mission, their programs, everything. So it was just a really natural extension. And it gave me more work that I could do for them under that same umbrella. And it gives me a little bit of consistent income because I help maintain that, help manage their email newsletter, some of those things. So something like that, just looking for those opportunities can be a good way to get started. In addition to, of course, learning about grant writing itself and practicing some of those concepts, sometimes just that frontline experience really is the best way to go. You just, at some point, you can read the books all day long, but you got to just get started. I think that is a brilliant approach. I mean, I see so many possibilities for people at different stages of their career. Yes. But one that I hadn't thought of was, let's say somebody who's kind of semi or fully retired is already maybe volunteering or wants to volunteer at a nonprofit. What a great way to now take that to the next level without adding huge amount of stress, you know, and now yes. get paid. 
yes. for, for that. Right? Exactly. Right. And you can, as the consultant, you can kind of determine how many clients do you want to take on? What sure. size of projects do you want to take on? So it can be ideal. I know I did it as stay-at-home mom with little kids at home. So I could really, I worked during nap time, late at night after they went to bed. Like I could work it around my schedule. And even after the kids started school, the flexibility for me with it has just been ideal. It's been a great career in that regard to be able to have that in between. I mean, I could go to work at a nonprofit now, but I really love that working from home flexibility. And for my family situation, that's been exactly what we needed. Absolutely. So many possibilities. I love this. And I know there's so much more we could have gotten into. Uh, <laughs> yes. But you know, you, you give us a really uh, great overview of what this is about, what the possibilities are, what it takes to do well here. And I know you have a lot of uh, content and resources out there as well as courses and programs. Where can listeners learn more about that? if they're interested in exploring this further. Right. Yeah. I would love to have them come join me. I host the Grant Writing Simplified podcast, and you can connect with me on LinkedIn, Teresa Huff or TeresaHuff.com, where I have the resources and Fast Track to Grant Writer program and all the different things there as well for either grant writers wanting to learn or nonprofits who need that strategic support to get it off the ground or even mentoring their in-house grant writer. Sometimes they just need a little extra help or another set of eyes on something. So I love doing that piece of it. Awesome. We'll make sure to link to all of that in the show notes. And Teresa, again, thank you for joining us today and sharing your insights and ideas and introducing us to the world of uh, grant writing. Thank you. My pleasure. Well, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And just a quick reminder to grab your free copy of my latest book, Earn More in Less Time, The Proven Mindset, Strategies, and Actions to Prosper as a Freelance Writer. You can get your free copy at b2blauncher.com, where you will also find the detailed show notes to this and all my other episodes. Enjoy and have a great day.